we're like comparing ourselves to people we're doing better that are doing better than us but we're also comparing ourselves to well I'm not as bad as that person so I don't need help I don't need to do anything about it Mm -hmm. and that's that's where personal alignment comes into play Hey guys, welcome to our Soul Fam podcast where I interview space holders from all over the world. I'm your host, my name is Carolina, and I'm the Connection Catalyst. I help spiritual entrepreneurs experience deeper connection with themselves, with others, and with the universe. Today on the show, we have Jerry-Ann Wagner, the Expansion Guide. Welcome to the show, Jerry-Ann. How are you doing? I am so good. Thank you so much for having me and reaching out to me. I'm so excited to be here. I am super excited that you're here as well, especially that I'm super curious about how you guide people to expansion. And I'm sure that you have all different uh, methods for that, to, to do that with people. And I would love to talk about them. But uh, first, I'd love to start with a little bit of a background story. How did you become the expansion guide? And I'm sure that you have uh, had many names before uh, identifying yourself as an expansion guide. But how did you start doing Doing the work that you're doing was it your something that you personally maybe uh, had a challenge with or something else what has inspired you to be on this path so i'm actually a recovering addict i have 10 years clean from heroin use um and yeah so i wow. have kind of a you don't look like yeah, one my- <laughs> I knew that's the thing. Like, there's not, yeah. Um, I've signed up for this lifetime a pretty rough path. I believe in soul contracts. Like, I know that I signed up for the lessons that I chose to learn um, early on in life. Like, I had a abandonment wound from my father. He left me for substances. Same here, um, not for substances, but yeah, uh, same shit. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I had this emptiness my entire life, but I honestly, I feel like I came into this world with it, and my purpose for myself and my soul's evolution was to learn how to fill that myself. Because throughout my entire journey, I filled it with sex, I filled it with food, I filled it with drugs, men, all of the things outside of me. Um, And then when I got clean, I still had this emptiness in me. And I was like, okay, like maybe the drugs weren't necessarily the issue. Maybe this is like something that I need to dive into myself, you know. I've done a lot of traditional therapy and then through my recovery process, I stumbled into energy work. Um, And I've always been the kid connected to, you know, the empathy, the intuition. Um, I remember, you know, always feeling different than everybody else. I had what they would call ADHD. So I was put on medication at a very young age. Um, and like everything was easy for other kids and I compared myself a lot. That's another thing that I've learned as an adult, um, not to do and just to focus on my path, but I just always felt like I was broken. So it led me to, I was also a sex worker in my addiction. So that's why I do a lot of somatic work and I do a lot of sex and intimacy coaching, um, because I'm all for if it makes you feel empowered and aligned. But for me, in that moment of my story, it was a ways and means to survive, you know? So I had a lot of trauma to heal from that. Um, and then I dove into this path, and I swear, like, I haven't stopped since I started. Uh, it's just one thing after another. I continue. I'm a generator, a 2-5, um, if you know anything about human design. So I'm actually here Yeah, so I'm here to follow what lights me up, but I'm also here to lead. My role here um, within my design is the sacred leader. So I just kind of learn from trial and error. 
I move through my experiences and I feel like the universe pulls in people who have had similar experiences as me. Um, so yeah, and I think there's so much power and vulnerability in sharing the mess that most people are ashamed of or embarrassed of, you know, it's just part of this human experience that we're having. Mm, yeah and it's such an inspiring story thank you so much for sharing so i'm yeah. really curious if you're happy to share of course if it's not too private oh how, how and, i'm an open book <laughs> just like me uh, so how and when did you stop like what has awakened you to the fact like oh maybe i shouldn't take drugs anymore maybe this is not the way so i was 21 years old um and i was working in like a really not classy, um, very dangerous strip club. Um, and I used and I had kind of fallen out, which in addiction, that means like you kind of overdose a little bit, um, but you're kind of brought back. So I nodded out. I was not really in my body. I remember like my energy being up here and like I woke up and I looked in the mirror and I said, at that point I was praying to God and I said, just let me go. Like I couldn't imagine you know, living life the way I was anymore, but I kept surviving. I have had so many near-death experiences, um, but I I knew like there was something else out there for me. I just didn't know where to start. I didn't know how to get clean. And honestly, um, a masculine energy ended up coming into the place I was working and, you know, how the masculine wants to protect and save. So he kind of took me under his wing, got me into treatment. Um, and I completely moved from where I was from, started a completely new life, new friends, new everything. Um, and now we're here. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. I love the masculine energy just uh, taking you under, under his wing. It's awesome. Or her. I don't know which, yeah. which one was that. It doesn't doesn't matter. But uh, yeah. Y yes. <laughs> Loving the masculine energy, uh, taking care of uh, feminine energy. I, I actually felt the same way because if it wasn't for my ex-partner, I probably wouldn't start my business because he was like you are safe in case I got you and you can just develop your business you can you know do whatever you feel aligned with you don't have to work in shitty jobs I got you and so thanks to him I also felt so held so I, I just thank you to all these beautiful uh, men and also just uh, divine masculine energies out there uh, taking care of us uh, divine feminine energies it's so so beautiful and it's such a really amazing story that uh, you are sharing so you, you said that you had near-death experiences multiple of them so was any was any of these experiences actually like pleasant because i've spoken to a friend and he also was a heroin addict in the past and he said that his near-death experiences were very bad like his uh, body was in excruciating pain and it was really just not a pleasant experience whereas if people um other people that i spoke to that had new near-death experiences said that it was like the most beautiful thing that they were seeing all these beautiful lights or feeling all this love and it was so just empowering and amazing and they are never scared of death in the mall afterwards because it was so amazing. So how was it for you? So the one that I can really recall, I just like remember fighting to get back in my body. It was like I knew that it wasn't my time to go. And I just remember being like, okay, like wake up, like let's get back in there. Um, but I – Yeah, I don't think it was a pleasant or an unpleasant experience. I think in that moment, it made me realize how much I wanted to live um, and that I wasn't done here with my story on earth this time. Um, but on a conscious level, 
throughout that part of my journey, I remember just wanting to give up. But when it was time, I was like, no, let me back in. Like I need, <laughs> like I'm not done yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Perfect. So your soul chose this to actually awake you to how much you wanted to live. And you knew that if you keep yeah. doing what you're doing, you're probably not gonna, right? Yeah, no. Um, I also, I have to say, when I had 27 days clean, I got pregnant with my oldest son. So I know that I feel like he chose me. He was like, I'm going to save her life because I don't think that I would have stayed clean. I think I would have just kind of taken a break. Um, who knows? But I've, I honestly, I feel like as soon as I found out that I was carrying him, it was like, okay, My mom and I had a super toxic relationship where I never felt loved by her. Um, So I always knew – I was scared shitless. Sorry, can I cuss? Sorry. I was super scared to be a mom. Um, But, like, I just felt like he came in and kind of gave me that extra push that I needed to stay clean. Mm, That's so beautiful. And as you said, there are soul contracts. So probably you had a contract Mm -hmm. before coming to the second. Yeah, you're going to come in this moment when I need to stay clean. So it's going to be easier for me. Please make it easier and (laughs) come in this moment. That's so, so beautiful. I love this story. So for all these people who maybe, I don't know, maybe work with someone uh, who is a heroin addict or maybe who are listening and they are addicted themselves, what do you feel like are the most important steps to actually get out of it? So um, if you're trying to help somebody get clean, unfortunately, I've had so many people try to help me get clean. And it has to be a deep desire that that person wants to get clean for themselves. It has to be this pool of knowing that like there's something better out there. I also worked a 12-step program that was extremely helpful. I still am in a 12-step program, um, not enabling as hard as that can be. And I feel like I have both spectrums of experience here with my also like loving the addict who continuously chose drugs, you know, over me, both my fiance and my father chose drugs over me before I was using. Um, And just remembering that if it is somebody that you love, and I've talked about this on multiple platforms and podcasts before, and I always have like five to 10 people reach out to me and say, you know, my dad's an addict or my sister's an addict. Love them from a distance. And we're going to talk about manifestation this on this episode too. And we speak like we speak spells with our words, okay? So if you're sitting there saying like this person I love is never going to get clean, they're going to die an addict, you're throwing that out into the universe. If you say they're healing, they're finding their way, um, and you just continuously send them love, then I think that it's throwing that energy and that frequency out there, and it's more hopeful than just, you know, giving up. It's really hard. It's really hard. Um, thankfully, I have the perspective shift where I know I signed up for this, you know, um, and there's a reason. And this is the reason I went through all of that because not only was the using and the drugs awful, but the lifestyle that went with it was more painful um, than the actual substance and the re- like getting clean from the substance. I feel like I've recovered more from the lifestyle that I put myself in than the actual drug use. Mm, yeah, I understand. Thank you so much for sharing that. And it's pretty interesting how you say that someone needs to want to change because many people don't. Many people are actually just choosing this and, and they are not going to change. And so what should we do with these people? Just 
understand that they're on their own soul's journey here on earth and maybe their path is to understand how it feels to be a drug addict and maybe to even uh, you know pass away from the overdose or whatever and we just need to let them pave their own path in a way and just like accept that this is what they came here to be yeah and it sounds so easy to say something like that but when it's your child or your parents like that humanness where it's like oh my gosh I love this person so much but it is and I've had past live readings before and this wasn't my first um go around with substances this is the lifetime that I chose to break that pattern but I also believe in ancestral patterns as well too because again parents grandparents addicts alcoholics so I know I broke that pattern for my children um as well too but it is it's like just loving them from a distance um but that's really freaking hard to do really really hard to do Mm -hmm. yeah i understand that i mean you cannot do really anything about someone else's life unless they uh, reach out for help and they are open with their energy to even receive help or to receive any information or uh, or receive but we just need to trust that everyone is uh, meant to do wherever they are at it's okay because we're trying to impose our beliefs and our um, perspectives on someone whatever it is uh, whether it's about abuse or just our beliefs about spirituality or whatever right because we want to just wake people up like hey hello you have a soul in your body and you can heal and all these things and and so on even this i feel like it's kind of not accepting how things are and of course it's great to be excited and to be helpful and to be open uh, with your energy if someone reaches out for help but also not to be pushy with anything because these people chose or these souls rather chose this life for a reason so um there is a reason why they are doing what they are doing and um yeah i guess it's hard but we just have to accept it at some point and it might be like a massive emotional release that needs to happen multiple times maybe a hundred times before we are able to actually fully accept it but at the end of the day acceptance is all there that we have left i guess absolutely so yeah. And I think also, like, if you're that close to an addict, that might also be part of your experience is learning to detach, you know, and everything that you were just saying. Like, they could also be in your life to teach you something about surrender and powerlessness as well, too. It's like everybody comes into our li- life for a reason, you know, to teach us something, for us to teach them something. Um, so, yeah, it's a nice way. That's the first thing I go through with my clients is the perspective shift, you know, because most of the people I work with are rooted in spirituality of some form. Um, but I think that's a great way to reclaim your power from any trauma without bypassing it, too, because we look at the human experience and then the soul level experience. And I don't like to minimize or bypass the pain. I'm very big on shadow work um, that we have experience. Yeah. But also, like, no, like, what? Why? Why did we sign up for this? What is this teaching me? You know, and all of that stuff. So, mm-hmm. perfect. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing all that. I feel like this is a very valuable message that needs to be delivered to uh, everyone. But I would love to jump on to the second theme that I would like to touch upon, which is yeah. Kundalini Reiki, because this uh. term sounds so amazing. And I saw that you're, uh, you know, an expert on Kundalini Reiki. So, what does it mean? Yeah, so have you experienced any kundalini yoga or kundalini rising energy at all? Yes. Okay, and I'm assuming you've experienced Reiki before, right? Yes, I'm a level two healer. 
Yay, congratulations. Um, <laughs> Thank you. So I love kundalini reiki. I am trained in traditional yosui, non-traditional as well, and then the kundalini. Um, as soon as I found kundalini reiki, I'm an Aries sun and Aries moon and Aries mercury. Kundalini energy is fire. It is extremely fast, um, and that energy sits at the base of your spine. So you know how if you don't know, I'm gonna act, like talk as if you don't know. So when you're doing traditional Reiki and Kundalini Reiki, we're a channel. You know, we're not really doing anything. We're the vessel for that universal life force. Um, you know how traditionally Reiki comes in through the crown and out through the hands. Kundalini comes up from the earth, and then the Reiki energy comes down, and then it meets and it comes together. Um, so it's more of a. I find my clients having a bigger emotional release during kundalini reiki than traditional i really like to use it with people who've had trauma in the body um, who are having a really hard time balancing the masculine and feminine energies who are ready for that rebirth energy the kundalini energy rises up the spine like a serpent and we think of the um meaning behind the serpent it's rebirth it's shedding the old and embracing the new so it's very transformative but again like anything else, like you are the one who is making the sustainable changes afterwards, but it gives you this feeling that, um, like I, my clients are always like, I feel like I'm on fire right now. It's more of like an energetic upgrade than uh, sometimes with Reiki, you feel more relaxed, traditional Reiki. This one is like, okay, what's next? Like, let's go. But it's when earth and spirit meet and then you channel that energy. Um, there's so much behind it. Do you work with any extended masters or have you? Um, just sometimes on some ceremonies yeah. when I'm like, you know, doing like a cacao ceremony or whatever that I'm calling yeah. people in. <laughs> so another piece to Kundalini, Kundalini Reiki is um, you call on a specific extended master to kind of witness and assist in the healing as well. Um, it, the experience is different for everybody. So, yeah, I just love it. As soon as I – I feel like I've done it in another lifetime, honestly. As soon as I connected to it, I was like, oh, I've done this before. This feels very familiar, you know? Mm, that sounds amazing. And I can relate to that because I actually started my energy healing journey from when I fasted. And uh, during fasting, I was doing these breathing exercises where I was pulling energy from Mother Earth and from uh, above. And when, after the three, third or fourth day of dry fast, uh, as the first time that I've done it, I literally felt this energy from the top of my head just coming into me. And like I could move it through to my heart and to my hands. And I also was able to inhale from the ground. And I didn't really know Reiki at the time or I didn't even know that it exists or prana or whatever. I mean, I just knew that there is energy and I could feel it in my body. So it sounds like I was doing a little bit of Kundalini Reiki as well just uh, then when I just received this access uh, because I wasn't really fully uh, so grounded in the body in terms of like my, uh, my digestive system wasn't working. So then I was more like my energy was going up and uh, it was such a beautiful experience. And only then I discovered that uh, Usui, the one who created Reiki, was also fasting and then he received this energy. And yeah, this, on and top of the mouth. Yeah. Yeah, this was so cool. I was like, I, oh, wow, <laughs> it actually works like that. Yeah. <laughs> I believe Yasui fasted for 28 days. And after he channeled and discovered Reiki, he ate a full meal without any discomfort. I was like, that's freaking amazing. Um, that's another really thing. <laughs> yeah. And this, this, you said this experience you had was before you were attuned to Reiki, correct? Yes. Few the years beauty before. to... 
Yeah, but you um, we're all born with a natural connection to Reiki. It's just life and limiting beliefs, you know, cloud those pathways. And part of that, like I feel like you don't necessarily, and I know this is a non-traditional perspective on things, but I see my kids all the time connect to, you know, the universal life force. Um, so if you're somebody who feels naturally connected to energy and you're minimizing yourself or saying like you're not enough because you have not had your attunement, yes, I would invite you to, you know, expand and learn, but you're already connected. You're enough to like go through and connect to your energy points and channel that energy as well too. Absolutely. Because oh, what yeah. attunement is, is I think opening the channel to for this energy to flow through, but you can open this channel by eating healthy, exactly. doing yoga, meditation, uh, breathing exercises, and so many different things. So you can do it yourself. But I feel like if you go for a Reiki attunement, it's just like, okay, done. <laughs> yeah. Yep, absolutely. One more thing with the Kundalini Reiki that I really resonated with. Um, prior to my Kundalini training, I was always taught to kind of release energetic cords that are, but you know, you would release something and then it would come back sometimes. With Kundalini Reiki, you set the intention to heal the cord, to learn the lesson, to heal the cord. Um, so it's really amazing. I was one day, just a short story, I was working on a cord between my mother and my my mother and I in my sacral chakra doing some kundalini healing the cord imagine the light going through and doing it and I asked spirit um because I am also a medium just like give me a sign that my mom was doing okay and I got a text message in a group chat um about someone's grandma who was actually my mom's name just saying that she was doing okay so it was like my mom's name is doing okay but that's how spirit speaks to me you know I know that text message was not about my mother um but it was my mom's name and what are the odds that right after healing that energetic cord um then I got that message. It's just magical. I love all of this. When you're grounded and you're present and I feel like you've, anybody who's on this path that we're on, I feel like has had a lot of life experience in some form or another. Um, and when you're grounded enough and you see those signs and you start to feel supported and held by the universe, when at least for me personally, I never felt supported. I never felt held by anybody, you know, until I stepped onto this path and it was like, I'm home. Mm, that's so beautiful thank you so much for sharing that yeah i i also feel a similar way and um, so another question that i have to you is how do you guide people to expansion because you're an expansion guide so what kind of methods did you found did you find apart from kundalini reiki that were the most powerful for you and uh, yeah how do you guide them so I have had multiple different coaches, business coaches, and they're always like, niche it down, niche it down. And I couldn't. I'm like, I can't. I'm here to do so much. Like, <laughs> And I feel like the thing for me is everything is connected, okay? It's not – there's a root cause that's holding you back from your business, that's holding you back from your love life, that's holding you back from like showing up the way you want to show up. There's always this root. A big piece to what I do is just – you know, I talked about it earlier, shadow work, but really embracing your mess, embracing who you are, knowing that you're not freaking broken. You don't need to fix anything, but also look at some things in your life. I do a lot of NLP too. That was the first thing I was heavily trained in um, was NLP and it changed my life. It helped with my eating disorder. <laughs> yeah, right? It's it's amazing. Um, 
So it's, you know, just living from a place of alignment that feels good for you, that you're not comparing yourself to other people. And then you're able to kind of just expand, break through the limiting beliefs, break through the people pleasing, the fear of what other people think. And then you just start expanding in different areas of your life and following your intuition. I feel like when you follow your intuition instead of your mind space, your mind's always like, what if, don't do that. Like somebody's going to judge you. Your intuition is going to come in as this feeling or this deep inner knowing. Some people have the gift of sight, whatever it is, um, or hearing. And if you follow that, you can't help but expand. It's just learning to follow that, learning to trust that. And training your nervous system too is a big thing because little steps, not everybody is like me and takes one huge leap. You know, some people need baby steps, small inspired action that adds up um, too. So yeah, but I've worked with people within their businesses, within their relationships. And I was like, I couldn't word what I do. It was more of a feeling. Um, so I was like, you know what? I just help people expand, 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 expand. That's amazing. And move, yeah. I love that. And so you said that NLP has helped you move through your eating disorder. What was that? Yeah. So I had bulimia. Um, that was my actual first addiction. I started struggling with body dysmorphia at a very, very young age. Um, I Now that I have this perspective on life, I really think it was an attention-seeking behavior because I wanted my mom to notice me and ask me if I was okay. I wanted her to see me. I didn't know how to be seen in a healthy way. So I was, you know, self-harming myself to mm -hmm. try and get that attention. But unfortunately, um, I had the gift of an addictive personality. So I became pretty... Um, reliant on that. And it followed me after my first pregnancy. Um, and it got to the point, I mean, for me, I minimized it because I would compare. That's another thing with comparison. We're like comparing ourselves to people we're doing better, that are doing better than us, but we're also comparing ourselves to, well, I'm not as bad as that person. So I don't need help. I don't need to do anything about it. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's where personal alignment comes into play is just because you're not as bad as that person. Is it sitting right with your soul? Does it feel right for you? Is it manifesting in unhealthy behaviors or patterns that are holding you back from stepping on your path and everything. Um, so yeah, I when I started my training, I it was a very intense training. It was about two years. Um, and I personally chose my body dysmorphia to work with and to rewire my neural pathways because I had stints of abstinence from my bulimia, but I still had that story in my head when I was full that I had this impulse, like I want to go purge. I need to get this out of my body. Um, and through NLP, it changed that. Mm, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing this story. I really love NLP as well. Uh, I'm using it uh, quite a lot, although some of the methods I don't use anymore, but some of them are still alive within me. And I, I feel like just generally knowing that everyone has their own map of the world and we can shift literally things, how, how things are coded within us just by shifting, for example, an image or a sound or something. It's just freaking cool what we can do with our imagination. It's just amazing. I, I love that. Um, and so I know that you also do somatic therapy. Uh, so how does that play out uh, with the transformation that you guide for your clients? I love semantics. So this is like my new thing. As you see, I've continuously expanded. That's another reason I help people expand. It's because I follow what will help me and then I help other people with that as well. So somatic work is working with the energy that's trapped in the body. Um, 
typically it's energy connected to a trauma response, a fight, a flight, a freeze, a fawn response. What trauma is, is it's a high intense experience. Um, We've got the neurological level and then we've got the physical level. So when your nervous system gets activated, that energy goes somewhere. And in the moment, like we can't release it. And over time, just like the Reiki principles, um, like just for today, I will not be angry. It's like a snowball effect. And then that anger comes out just like, you know, the emotion and the trapped energy. When an event that is similar to the first event that caused that initial trauma response happens and you respond to it, it's like you're responding to all of that at once. And it's like little things will add up and add up till it manifests in anger, till it manifests in impatience or in some other way. So somatics is working with that, is releasing that energy from the body um, so that for me, for example, I have a lot of sexual abuse. So in the past when like I was penetrated, I would cringe, you know, that's energy trapped in the body. That's that experience. So through somatics, I was able to release that and heal that part of me. It's a combination of embodiment, breath work, choosing to feel the feelings connected to the experience or whatever feeling it is, instead of having that feeling just be triggered in like a real life event. It's like holding a safe container saying, I'm going to move through this grief. I'm going to embody this grief. I'm going to cry it out. I'm going to have a sacred temper tantrum. I'm going to get this energy out of my body and take it off that shelf that I set it on. Um, And when you use that intention and create that container and move through that energy, For me, witnessing my clients do it is just such an experience. And I know like whenever I do it, it's just, it's amazing. It's amazing. Mm. That sounds amazing. It's it's very similar to the work that I do as well, where I'm guiding people to the very first experience they have felt an emotion. So for example, if we focus now on shame, then we're going back to the very first time that uh, we felt ashamed and really reliving and uh, re-experiencing this experience so that we can then let go of all the feelings, express them, everything that was suppressed, we can express them. So it sounds a little similar. And I truly believe that this work of just expressing emotions that are trapped in our body is the most (sighs) effective and powerful and the quickest way to actually get where you want to be in life. Uh, And uh, yes, it's just the best thing also when it comes to manifestation, which is another topic that I would like to uh, touch upon with you. uh, Because I'm curious about... uh, Maybe what are the most important things, maybe top three, let's say, or top five, okay. when it comes to manifestation in your experience? So I think the first thing is stepping into the frequency as if you already have it. So I am a big Abraham Hicks person. I like, I, anytime I listen, I like feel very like a mother, you know, it's just a great Um, But stepping into the frequency that you want to attract, like not feeling like you have to wait until you have X, Y, and Z to be happy and know that you're worthy. Self-worth is a huge piece too. Again, I talked about speaking it into existence, but embodying that frequency I think is the biggest thing. So say you want to, let's just talk about money because that's I feel like one that people are always trying to step into that frequency of money beyond working through the, making sure there's no ancestral things holding you back and limiting beliefs around money. Like I have to work hard to be successful type of thing. Um, But stepping into that, carrying yourself. How do you talk when you're in that frequency? How is your posture when you're in that frequency? Um, And just knowing that you're worthy and like attracting that energy too. Mm. 
Mm. Yeah, I totally yeah. resonate with that because what you give is what you get in terms of if you are ready to energy, like, okay, I'm now already peaceful, I'm now already relaxed or I'm now already abundant, then you just send out yeah. these uh, things to the universe. Uh, and I remember that just reminded me of one exercise that my friends did uh, some time ago where they were every day, they had like this exercise from some kind of book. I don't even remember the book, but they had exercise to uh, have to spend money. Like they had to write down what they are spending their money on and they had to increase the budget every day for i don't know maybe let's say a thousand bucks or whatever whatever it was and every day they were like okay so i'm gonna pay for this for this for this and then they were like uh because we were laughing because because uh, one of my friends said yeah uh, you know carola i paid for your eye laser surgery because i didn't know what to spend money on so then i decided to just improve everyone's eyesight but this is such a powerful exercise because then you can really like first of all get clear on, on what you want in life and what you actually need and what you don't need in life because sometimes we have all these perspectives of other people in our mindset that okay we have to get a good job we have to be an engineer like you know i'm a master of sustainable energy but i'm of course not doing the, <laughs> the my profession right because it's just not aligned with me but yeah let's just go uh, work with sustainable energy be an engineer earn a lot of money and do this and do that but if you actually like look at what you want and what you need it might not be a what other people um, want you to achieve or want you to have. It might be that for you, it's just enough to have this or that and you don't actually need any extra stuff. So I feel like, first of all, for self-awareness about what you already have and how you can be grateful for what you already have and also to know what you want exactly and to be specific for the universe. Okay, this is what I want. This is what I, what I want to spend my money on. And also to just... Uh, see where actually okay this amount of money would be perfect for me to have a lifestyle that I desire and anything extra beyond that is um, is extra and and just to also kick off our creativity when it comes to like okay if I had more money then what because if the universe doesn't know what we would do with the money if there's no goal then we're not going to receive it and if we're like okay please money give me this amount uh, tomorrow <laughs> or, or you know please universe bring me this kind of job or um, thank you so much universe for giving me this or that then we are yeah. so clear and specific that it's easier for the universe to be like yeah okay let's align all these situations places conditions uh, energies so that this can happen so i think it's a just a nice exercise to do uh, for anyone who absolutely is interested one other thing that I always like to have people start with too is like, again, with that extra flow of money, doing something kind without anybody else knowing, I feel like shows the universe that you're willing to give too, um, so that you receive as well. But I love all of that. I mean, I've built my entire life from the law of attraction. I was homeless. Now I'm in like a $800,000 house. I have two amazing children, a great husband, and focusing on the feeling instead of the attachment to the outcome. Because like you said, you can miss out on something better that's meant for you. You know, being specific is great, but also be open to receive something that might not even have been on your radar. The life that I have now is beyond what I would have settled for for myself. I was happy just having clean water, a safe place to live, you know, being clean and from substances. Um, but I was like, yes, more please. Yes, more please. Um, and that frequency is in all areas of life, not just your bank account and money, but within love, within time. Time's a big freaking thing that when you tap into that abundance, you don't feel rushed. You feel nice and grounded. Um, you have like this whole different perspective on everything too. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and actually that brings me to this uh, theme that I was uh, reading about in the book. Um, this book is called Love Money, Money Loves You by Sarah McCrum. And I actually love this okay. book so much that I made a deal with Sarah to translate it to Polish and to sell it in Poland. So it's going to be oh, sold in Poland amazing. soon. I, uh, I just love this book so much because it's a channeling of energy of money to us it's literally as if we had a conversation with money it's like hello i'm money you kind of like mismanage me here and there so this is how you should uh, go about me and so on and one of the themes in the book was uh, a vibrational bank account Uh, it's like at the end of the book this idea that with every emotion that we feel with everything that they call like life plus so kind of like positive feeling everything that you're adding to life uh, that is that is good. You are kind of increasing your the saldo on your vibrational bank account. And then um, they talk about it. Uh, I say they because they say, okay, I am the money, energy of money, but we are the connections, the exchange system that are in between everything because money is not only the, the cash, it's the energy of exchange. So uh, the money is I and, the, and we, the connections. So what they talk about is like with every positive emotion and the positive thing that you're doing uh, for yourself and for the world, you adding to your vibrational bank bank account and then this bank account is for everything it's not only for money but it's also for health for relationships for every area of your life you can kind of pull the energy from this vibrational bank account and so if you don't know how much money quote-unquote well like what is your saldo on your bank account what would you do well you would just add more and more so that you make sure that you don't go on minus right so you would just add more and more positive energy and uh, then you would kind of just like withdraw for whatever you want uh, in life to make it even better and so i think it's such a beautiful concept to think about that we are constantly adding or subtracting from our vibrational bank account with every emotion that we are feeling and that is not to say that we shouldn't go into our negative feelings when they arise then yeah. shadow work is there and bang and we're in yes. trauma and then we are vibrating <sighs> even higher so we, we are even more positive uh, ultimately but also it's just too good to know that we are we can add to our uh, vibrational bank account uh, and if, if we are positive if we are loving and also one one more thing that they were mentioning it's like there is a difference between for example loving one person and loving the whole life or the whole universe or loving everyone because obviously the love to everyone is like so powerful because you spread this love into so many different directions yeah. and and you can love your partner let's say or your kid within loving everyone else as well so if you love life this love is kind of like more uh, powerfully charged in a way than just loving one person so i think it's just a really co- cool concept to uh, think about and to you know be with uh, and just meditate on it because i think it's so important to accumulate this positive vibes uh, pretty much in our vibrational bank account so that's just a concept that um, came to my mind i love that (laughs) i need that book what's it called love money money loves you I'm going to have to get that. It it's sounds a beautiful amazing. book. Beautiful. Like it has so many beautiful messages in there. And seriously, it's as if you were developing the relationship with money, as if you were talking to money. That's why I was like once meditating and, and it came to me like, you got to translate this book to Polish because Poland is not a yes. super abundant country yet. Uh, but you know, well, if you can bring this message and raise the awareness, then it can be. So yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's so many... Um, restriction so much restriction for especially like women honestly like I and I'm sure men too but like there's at least in this coaching profession it's like don't talk about the amount of money that you make unless it's like you know unless you're one of those business coaches that are like six figures a month type thing and talk about it but there's like this level of when you're with a group of women nobody talks about how much money they're making nobody like it makes everybody feel so 
uncomfortable pricing, or I work with a lot of clients who are just starting their business out and they feel uncomfortable asking for money for their services too. And I think that it all stems back to, you know, starting with that self-worth piece, knowing it's all energy, energy in for your energy out and knowing that you're worthy of that too. Um, But yeah, and your parents' stories that you grew up with can be, you know, your own money story and it's rewiring that too. Mm. Money's a big thing. Yeah, absolutely. And that also brings me to one of the messages from the book because they say, if you spend money, you are adding value to the world because you enable this person that you're paying to, let's say, feed their kids or to whatever. And if mm-hmm. you if you earn money, you're also adding to this beautiful cycle. So both earning and spending money is adding value to the universe at large because it's like a cycle of giving and receiving. And it's and it's infinite, really. Uh, the money is infinite. It's a energy of exchange. So it cannot just be done. It's just about how much of your value you'd like to put out in the world, how much of service you'd like to be and then this service this energy that you're contributing is going to be reciprocated and it's going to come back to you in like money or as if cash or other abundance like health or beautiful friendships or whatever so yeah i think it's important to be open to this whole cycle of giving and receiving absolutely one more thing on this topic Scarcity mindset too is another thing when you're in that vibrational frequency where you're checking your bank account, you're worried about how much energy you're coming in, how much is going out. I've noticed when I've been in that state, I'll leak money, I'll leak energy because I'm throwing that out there because I'm focused on the lack instead of the abundance. And a great way to shift that perspective real quick is simply anchoring yourself in a gratitude practice. Focusing on what you do have instead of focusing on what you don't have or never focus on what you don't want or what you don't have because then you're going to be attracting that. You're going to be attracting resistance. You're going to be leaking money. But if you focus on what you already have, that was the first thing I did when I got clean was a daily gratitude practice. And it started off with, I have clean clothes today. I have $5 for a cup of coffee. Um, And now like, it's like, oh, I'm grateful for, you know, my wellness, my local wellness studio. I'm grateful for my team. But that is something I always kept up with and I still do. And I have my eight-year-old do it daily too. Um, Gratitude is such an, yeah, it's such an easy way to just shift your perspective so fast Um, because life's always going to like have shit. It's a human experience. Nothing is always going to be perfection. And if we're trying to like get to perfection, you're going to be attached to an outcome. You're never going to be get there. You're going to be waiting to feel good instead of choosing. This is where I'm at. This is this part of my story. I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to be grateful for it. We will only have that you will, you and I, and anybody listening to this, we will only have this version of us for like right now. We're forever shifting. So it's like, just be with this energy for a moment and what you have. Um, I, big thing is like not attaching and waiting until you receive X, Y, and Z or meet the goal to be happy or feel successful. Feel successful now. Feel happy now. Feel loved now. Um, Because if you're waiting, then, you know, you're searching and you might not ever get there. Mm, 
Yeah, and love is a feeling. Abundance is a feeling. And mm-hmm. it's all about the feeling. It's all about how we feel. So if we kind of feel grateful and abundant and loving right now, that's where our life is rich because we are already feeling uh, like we want to feel because it's all about really yeah. how, how we want to feel. We want to have money because we want to feel abundant. We want to feel free. We want to feel uh, love. And we want to attract a beautiful partner because we want to feel loved, right? But if we can give this love to ourselves right now and this uh, freedom to ourselves right now, then we're not missing anything. We're not coming from the place yeah. of lack. We're coming from the place of, oh, I'm open now to receive even more, as you said. Uh, so yeah, we can always set an intention the universe. Please bring me this or something even better than I cannot even imagine. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a beautiful intention to have. Amazing. I'm super, super grateful for this conversation. And I have a one uh, quick uh, little question uh, yeah. to you. What is the best way to find you and contact you? If someone really vibes with your energy, would like to see more of your content uh, or work with you, uh, what is the best way? Yeah. So Instagram, um, it's Jerry and underscore Elizabeth. You can reach out to me on there. Um, I also have a website. Everything's attached to my Instagram. You just hit that link in bio. I also have a podcast that I would love to have you on. Um, It's called Let's Go There. It's more of a podcast where we dive into shame and stigma and shadow work um, and just like embracing the messy human experience and being spiritual beings while having this experience too. I like to talk about people's mess. I think there's strength in vulnerability and hope in vulnerability. Um, And if That's why if you start following me, I always show up very messy because I never want people to think just because I'm on this path, I'm perfect. You know, perfect's an illusion. Um, So I like really embrace the messy human experience. Mm. But yeah, Instagram is the great way to connect with me. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. I'm really enjoying this conversation, but unfortunately we have to go now. But thank you so, so much. Sending you so much gratitude for uh, this, for your beautiful vibes as well and for all your wisdom that you shared with us. You too. Thank you for having me. Thank you so, so much for listening. I would just like you to know that we are in the process of building a directory of healers and coaches. Um, I'm going to invite everyone who I was speaking on the podcast with, and uh, we're in the process of building the SoulFam app. Uh, that is a social networking app for spiritual and conscious people. So whenever that is live, uh, I will let you know. So stay tuned, follow us on Instagram on we are soul fam, and you can follow me on the connection catalyst as, as well. So stay tuned to the next episode and thank you so, so much.